build the first proper hockey shoe that's bold and cocky. And I stand by those words. <laughs> bold and cocky. Bold and cocky. Lasers and drum rolls. Yeah, that was actually that was actually the first thing that Thomas said at the end of the conversation. He said, "Okay, but for the launch." We need lasers <laughs> and, and smoke, smoke machines. And smoke machines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shoes rise up on the middle of the stage. I know it sounds cocky, but we want to make something incredible. Whoa, what an intro. Lasers and smoke <laughs> machines. What a way to open a podcast of Osaka World. Just to make sure, I do not work here. Just somebody who talks a lot. Uh, my name is Floris Geert. <laughs> but these three fine people, uh, they work here. Aisha, Thomas, and Steven. Aisha, for those who don't know you, uh, in short, what do people have to know about you and what do you do for Osaka Hockey? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Aisha. I'm an independent footwear designer. I was uh, educated as product designer. And then after that, I was making furniture design. In my spare time at work, I was drawing shoes. Um, so you were designing shoes for a furniture company? No, for no. <laughs> <laughs> I was drawing shoes because I didn't like my job so much. <laughs> and then my friends told me like, hey, I think you should change your job. And uh, yeah, my main project is uh, designing and developing a uh, hockey specific uh, shoe for the amazing Osaka. Right, cool. And uh, and you, uh, Thomas, uh, what are you else than uh, just the brother of Max? <laughs> well, douchebag. Um, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. I'm very proud to be the brother of Max Mechtelings. Um I'm the head of product at Osaka. Uh, with uh, footwear, I try to play a supportive role for Aisha and for um, the entire project. Mm. Although you uh, just grew up uh, 20 kilometers from uh, Osaka headquarters, it took you a tour around the world to get here. What's your, what's your story? My story? Um, okay, about when I was 20 years old, uh, I decided to um, start traveling around the world. And um, after a few detours, I ended up in China. And uh, I learned to develop products actually on, on the ground floor in Chinese factories. So you were really in a factory doing, yeah, putting stuff in boxes. Well, not putting stuff in boxes, but really seeing like how the stuff get made. Um, so uh, I approach design or, or development really from a, uh, the point of view on, on how are we going to put all this stuff together in the most efficient way possible. Oh, cool. And then, so you did that for a couple of years and ended up with Osaka. Yeah, after a, a few uh, a few left and right side turns that I shouldn't have taken, probably <laughs> I finally ended up over here, and uh, I've been here five years now, and it's been a five very great and interesting years. Cool. And I've been playing hockey for uh, pretty much all my life at the Royal Antwerp Hockey Club. Okay, and Stephen, for hockey fans who don't know you, there are two options. They are way too young to know you, <laughs> or thanks, or really hockey fans know you because you're you're kind of a hockey legend. To, yeah, I wouldn't say a hockey legend. How many caps do you have for the Green Machine? Uh, 163. That, that's a lot. Yeah, especially in, in, in those days. In those days, yeah, when we played uh, four caps in a, in, a, in a year, that was a lot. I played about 12 years for the national team, and then. Uh, 
came to the beautiful country of Belgium to play for the KHC Dragons. Ended up uh, finding my wife, my kids, and my brand. Uh, <laughs> okay. Here, so. Yeah, for the, for the people who don't know me, I'm a big fan of hockey. My family's always been into a huge, huge hockey family. My mother still plays hockey, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I have a real love for the game. So when I came to Belgium and I met my business partner, Frank, pretty much a dream come true to be able to start and, and work in the industry that, that I love. Mm -hmm. Your mom still plays hockey? Yeah, yeah that's, she That's does. quite amazing. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty incredible. What position is he playing? Yeah, they actually have, strangely enough, they have this uh, a sport for the for the older generation of the hockey fans in Ireland. It's called walking hockey. Ah, oh, cool. So there's no running. Not that none of them probably can run, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, and my mom meets up with a whole group of all these old uh, old ladies that they, that used to play together in a team, and they play against other teams of their age, and they play walking hockey. It's pretty cool. It's like 70 plus uh, all of them. So and then then they go off and drink tea or something after. And It's been a couple of years since you've stopped playing top hockey but yeah. some people tell me yeah if Steven wishes he can still have some value in the Dragons team no, I don't know about that <laughs> I don't know about that although uh, yeah I, I mean we uh, I'm trying to keep fit trying to keep in shape just in case uh, just in case I get a call up I do, I do miss the game at the at the highest level. But yeah, if you see the standard of the guys now and the and the the training that they're putting in, I, I don't even think you can compare our generation to the commitment that they give. I mean, like um, in terms of just the commitment they give on small things like their diet and and alcohol and uh, getting into the gym uh, every day. I mean, that was always a bit of a challenge for our generation. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that the step is bigger than what people think. Yeah. Okay. The, the difference, uh, yeah. Okay, but we're not here to talk about no. your uh, hockey career. We're here to talk about shoes. Are you guys personally interested? Yeah, obviously, Aisha, you're interested in shoes. You're a yes. kind of a shoe geek, I guess. Um, but you guys, are you quite interested in shoes? Well, I think, like, um, from the Oseka brand, we're, we're here, like, mainly to create. And that's why we have such a good team to create the best products um, that, that hockey has seen. We give so much attention to detail to our products. Uh, we have a great product range, and we want to serve our athletes and uh I think the one uh, element, if you look on a hockey field, that we were missing was, was team wear, was one of them, and footwear and team wear we've tackled really well in the last two years or three years with um, with signing some really big clubs. We've made some really nice steps in that. And then the the other point that was always on our on the back of our mind and something that Thomas and his team have always had in their mind was to get into or to tackle uh, one of the biggest parts of hockey equipment, and that's uh, footwear. Okay. So uh, you're a shoe guy as well. Well, um, yeah, w we've worked on shoes before. When I started at Osaka, we had an existing range that's, that's over five years ago now. We really did our best to get those products uh, where they needed to be. But in the end, we decided to, uh, to stop because we just couldn't deliver the high standard quality that we wanted to be able to deliver or that we deliver with all our other products. You guys are, are developing a new shoe. What's different about this project and the, and the ones before? The first thing, we, as Thomas just mentioned, the one thing that we, 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 we saw straight away is that we didn't have the knowledge in-house and uh, we kind of dive all into our products straight away. And with, with making sticks, for example, we have a lot of knowledge and making uh, bags and clothing, we, we had the right people. But when we went to tackle footwear, we didn't have the skill set or the supply chain to be able to bring one of the best shoes uh, in the world and that's what we wanted to do and that's when uh, we made the decision that um, if we were going to make shoes and compete against some of the biggest brands in the world uh, essentially then we needed to have one of the best uh, teams 
to do that. And uh, that's where uh, Thomas and Aisha put together what we believe is one of the best teams that's ever been uh, put together to develop a hockey shoe, that's for sure. We can build a shoe, but we don't know how to build a fantastic shoe. We didn't know how to do that. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, Aisha is walking around the office all the time. And we're like, hey, do you know people that can bring that know-how to the table? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm lucky to know a few people in the footwear industry. The week after they asked me this question, I was going to a fair where uh, usually they, they all come together in Milan. Yeah, one of the guys, Daniel Bailey from Concept Kicks, he knows like a lot of people. Like, hey, would you know someone that could help us to make a performance shoe for the top athletes of the world? So, like looking good is as essential, but first and foremost, it has to perform. And uh, yeah, through him, I met Paul. Paul who? Simon. You met Paul Simon? <laughs> no, Paul and... I would like to meet Paul Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I said Paul and Simon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Paul Griffin. Yeah. No, okay. So um, at the fair, I met Paul Griffin and uh, asked him the same question. And he was, we are like a podologist team, Bartold Clinical. And Bartold is Simon Bartold who has been working for ASICS and Salomon, developing uh, running shoes. That's basically how it started. One or two weeks after that, we just jumped into a car on a plane to Annecy. We drove a car onto a plane. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was amazing. We were that committed. The plane went on the back of the car. <laughs> this is such a cool company. No, yeah. <laughs> When we want to do something, we go all out. <laughs> when uh, Aisha came back from the fair and told us and we said we made a decision then that we'd go and meet these guys. It was quite amazing to see like all those puzzle pieces that we needed mm -hmm. in a matter of two weeks, like Aisha said, all fell into place. Yeah. We looked up Simon on YouTube, I remember that, and, and you should do the same actually. Okay. It's quite funny if you look up Simon Bartold and you see him speaking about sh shoes that he's developed um, half of the words he uses you've never heard about <laughs> but you know <laughs> it's very interesting stuff that he is saying yeah, yeah he's a very uh, knowledgeable guy and Paul just the same yeah. Paul's enthusiasm and spirit uh, carried this project a long way a lot of the shoe brands look for like a shoe dog uh, mm -hmm. they call it if you, if you I know there's a book um, about Nike it's called shoe dog and a lot of them look and we, it's like we've got a whole team of, of specialist shoe, shoe dogs <laughs> um, so it's uh, for people who don't understand the word shoe dog can you explain it uh, Aisha maybe you can explain yeah. that better oh shit <laughs> <laughs> a shoe dog is, is uh, somebody that lives breeds um, and, and has a full passion for footwear um, and somebody that understands um, yeah. the concept of how the foot works and the mechanics and the biomechanics of the body and what um, yeah but also the cultural influences yeah. like which shoe comes from where why is it there um, who who wears it who can't wear it so, so as we said at the beginning, from shoe the geek, actually. Yeah, yeah, and from the first shoe geek, sure. Yeah. That, that was, that's, that's a term exactly I heard from uh, Andre Agassi when he was doing a, a shoe commercial back in the 90s. He was talking about Nike, like, those guys are shoe geeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's, that's exactly it. They're so passionate about their products mm -hmm. that they own them. Huh? And that's, um, that's exactly what we were looking for. So when Aisha came back with the news, we, we knew that it was, as Thomas said, that all the pieces were, were coming together. 
And that's what I loved also about the project, that moment when it, when it flipped. Mm -hmm. that it was like, okay, I think we've got some people together. Okay, just let's go there. And um, I didn't know the Osaka as well as I do not now at the time, but like everybody just changed their plans and we just jumped into the project to start it. Well, we knew we, we, wanted, uh, well, we wanted to do this project. Uh, we've, we've known that for years. And uh, of course, uh, next year are the Olympics. Which were, at that moment, they, they weren't postponed. So Yeah, so when exactly. We, when we said or decided, okay, we're going to go, And finally, Aisha um, goes to that fair, comes back with these people, and we sort of see these puzzle pieces falling. We knew, wow, we're going to have to go 100% from the start, or we're, we're not going to have shoes. Yeah, also because in the footwear industry, normally for development, you take 18 months minimum. And it was um, April then. So if you do the math from April to August... 2020. And July, it's not really 18 months. So you have to hurry. Yeah, just go and don't stop. Okay, cool. So you met Paul and Simon. Um, so what are their credentials? Because, yeah, maybe they're enthusiastic about what they're doing. But Yeah, so Simon is known in the footwear industry for uh, his biomechanical knowledge mm -hmm. and uh, putting that into a product at ASICS and Salomon. Mm -hmm. And I think a bit Timberland. Really well-known brands all over yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah, so for Essex, he worked on the road running program. Yeah. And he was the, their biomechanical advisor for how the foot behaves with a certain shoe. Yeah. And what properties they need to improve and what they need to reduce, uh, etc. So that's a huge beneficial credential for, for us as a brand. Yeah, they are from Australia, by the way. Mm. And hockey is quite big there as well. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Paul uh, worked a lot with hockey players. Um, so he knows exactly what kind of injuries they get. He actually treated a lot of the kookaburras. Eh? Okay. He works with the uh, Institute of Sport. Okay. And, and he also worked with a lot of the kookaburras leading up to the Olympics. Yeah. So. For them, it's also like a dream. Like, oh, yeah, now we're finally on the other side of the table to make the changes we wish we could make to prevent injuries. No, because now they're working on recovery, basically. Or No, they're not a physician. Well, they started a platform now, actually, which yeah. is called Bartold Clinical. Okay. And what they want to do is they do a podcast as well. And so they have this website. They organize seminars for uh, footwear specialists from around the globe. And they highlight uh, biomechanical specifics that could benefit the footwear industry or specifically the athletic footwear mm -hmm. industry. So um, they go to all these fairs around the world where talks are being given by uh, yeah, front runners in that field. Then broadcast that information on their channel. You have to be a member. Mm -hmm. So they have a network of, I think they said, thousands of pedologists around the world. Yeah. Oh, cool. You went to the French Alps and... Uh, yeah, we rented a car and we drove, I don't know, halfway up a mountain and we, we met these <laughs> two Australian guys in a car park. Um, <laughs> not what we expected when we got out of the car. We were, myself and Thomas were kind of looking at them like, is this the right, <laughs> this the right guys? Aisha went running over and gave them both a hug and uh, they brought us to an incredible little cafe 
on the side of the mountain. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Out, uh, Look at Agile. Yeah, yeah, there you are. They're and, famous uh, for advertisement, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and it overlooks parts of the, I guess, the, uh, the French or the Swiss Alps, I'm not sure. And it was an incredible view. I keep saying this is a cool company to work for. <laughs> <laughs> you go to nice places. <laughs> so what was the moment when you guys decided during that meeting, okay, these guys are legit. Let's definitely go for it now. Like being in the meeting, I gave Steven like a little heads up. Can we go outside for five minutes? So we walked outside and I said, are you really excited? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just said the same. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay, okay. We're on the same page. This is great. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a real moment. We really got lost in the excitement of talking about it because there's so much detail that can go into mm-hmm. producing a product alone and then to go into so much detail in, in producing hockey footwear in a way that the game hasn't seen before. That was really exciting. Well, what was really cool and what we didn't realize before the project started, or, or I didn't realize at least, is um, they were looking at the entire process upside down. So Yeah, they're from Australia, that's why. That's a stupid joke. <laughs> wow. No, wow. Stupid joke. <laughs> we'll cut that. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. <laughs> Okay, they were looking... Well, well in, in, in reverse is that, of course, they're pathologists. So the entire concept for the shoe would start from the way the foot works mm-hmm. and the lower limb. And so that's what really yeah. got me and, and, and I think all of us excited is yeah. that we saw like, wow, okay, these guys are going to tell us this is what your foot needs to perform optimally. One of the really exciting things was actually Paul. One of the first things he said to us was, okay, guys, if we're going to do this, we need to build a shoe that serves the athlete, mm-hmm. that improves their performance. And to look at a product that way, yeah, that was, that was super exciting. It's really nice uh, to be able to think that you can better the performance mm-hmm. of an athlete through your product. These are the notes uh, that I have. Paul was saying, uh, the mantra of the shoe is servicing the athlete's functionality and to bring innovation to the game in an area of product that's maybe been, um, I won't say, maybe a bit neglected. A word that kept coming back was the, the fingerprint of hockey. You could also say the, the footprint. <laughs> oh, clever one. Clever uh-huh. one. <laughs> Inside um, jokes. But um, uh, what we try to do is make the first real hockey shoe designed from the ground up to give the hockey player the edge he needs that's, on the field. That's bold. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty, I mean... That's bold. Yeah, but, but like if, if you just... sports already more than 100 years old, just build the first proper hockey shoe, that's, it's bold and cocky. I, I wouldn't say that, yeah, I wouldn't say the first, <laughs> the first there's been, but maybe... And I stand by those words. <laughs> bold and cocky. <laughs> bold and cocky. Lasers and drum rolls. Yeah, that, was actually, that was actually the first thing that Thomas said at the end of the conversation. He said, okay, but for the launch... We need lasers and smoke, smoke and smoke machines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shoes should rise up on the middle of the stage. Okay, I know it sounds cocky, but we want to make something incredible. Okay, that's cool. And, and because we believe the athletes deserve it. Huh? I mean, these, these guys uh, absolutely deserve the best products um, that can be made for the sport. And we have a lot of respect. Uh, don't, don't get us wrong. We have a lot of respect for, for all the other brands in hockey. Um, they all do incredible jobs. But yeah, we, we want to service the athletes and uh, we want to do what's best for them. So basically, you get the knowledge um, with the deadline of the Olympics. In the Olympics, everybody wants to be at their best level. Yeah. The shoe has to be 
top level. If you, if you fail at the Olympics, it's going to hurt. We pride ourselves on producing some of the best hockey equipment in the world. So we want to be this shoe is made for you know we're working with uh, the best player and some of the other best hockey players in the world and um, we want to serve these athletes and we want to help them perform better and that's the shoe that we're developing we believe is going to help them perform better at the olympics and you know from the last olympic games it's the very small margins that make the difference mm -hmm. and we hope that by serving the athletes and helping them that we can develop a product that even improves their performance. Mm. Yeah, you say small margins. In present-day sports, it's even marginal gains that they're, yeah, that they're taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so is is a different shoe, is it a marginal gain that, or is it still a big difference between well, one well, shoe or the other? One of the good things is that when you talk to like um, Paul and Simon, mm -hmm. um, we believe that the way that they're looking at the way that the shoe will work is different to... Mm, pretty much any other hockey brand has looked at a shoe before. We believe that we will be able to uh, benefit the athletes in, in, a, in, a, in a quite significant way. A big trigger as well for us in the months running up to the decision to go ahead with it was, um, for example, Felix Anayer. Mm -hmm. uh, we noticed that he was shifting from a traditional hockey shoe to a trailing shoe to a trail running yeah. shoe. Yeah. And we've not only seen that with him, uh, we've seen that with actually quite a few of our players that weren't uh, satisfied with what was being offered. They were looking for uh, solutions outside of hockey. And a lot of them ended up in trail running because uh, apparently those shoes, they're very lightweight and they offer a lot of properties that um, players found interesting. But uh, we had a big problem. Trail running shoes they are made for running in one direction, forward. <laughs> okay. And yeah, hockey, yeah. <laughs> hockey, uh, as we all know, yeah, it, it's it's up and down the field. It's up yeah, and down. Yeah, it's left yeah. and right. It's quick turns. It's uh, actually uh, that's that's like a dream for a, for a brand and for a product developer that uh, an athlete or someone with a specific job or task uh, uses products where they're not supposed to use it for, mm -hmm. um, because then you know that there's like a gap in the market. Yeah, if you start to see that, it's like, oh, you have to jump on it. When, when, you, start to, uh, when you start to analyze a hockey game, so we brought Paul to, uh, to the EHL, one of our, our second meetings, so we could sit down together and watch the game. And it was quite incredible. As you said before, we've played a lot of hockey, um, played hockey for yeah, pretty much, uh, I don't know, 36 years or something, or 37 years. And the first thing that he noticed was the majority of time that a player is running backwards. And when you have an outlook on the game like that, when you think about it, yeah, a lot of the time the players are actually moving backwards, sideways, it's lateral. Actually, the first time I think about that. Yeah. So when Paul <laughs> said that, yeah, you watch a lot of hockey, yeah. but actually there's a lot of tracking backwards. Okay. But um, yeah, for example, like uh, Felix then taking a trail shoe that's meant for running forwards yeah. and not lateral and um, that's something that Paul that just a totally different look aspect to the way that he was looking at the game I was also pretty shocked myself <laughs> and we were calculating that you're probably even running backwards for maybe 40-45% of the game depending on what position you play depending exactly yeah Which position runs the most backwards? Defenders. Yeah, yeah, defenders and actually, but a lot of the time, the forwards are tracking most of the time as well uh, with, their, uh, with their back to, the, to their goal uh, because they're, they're moving in different lines. But defenders, yeah, we were looking at, we're tracking and midfielders, uh, tracking a lot backwards. So you guys noticed a gap and then starting from scratch. So the Yeah, that was just one element uh, that, that, that he picked up, that they picked up also the way that the, um, the amount of movement and the intensity and speed that the players are moving at. Also, you, you know from, from the top athletes, um, they're really 
training so hard and working and the game has gone to I think a different level in speed um, and if you see how quickly that they're changing direction and moving there's there's a lot of elements in the game a lot of force on the shoe as well a lot, yeah a lot of force a lot of force on the on the the peak braking loads on, on your muscles on your knees on your ankles as well this is something that uh That, that Paul and Simon were, were, were really shocked about. We also looked at the density of the fields and um, to see how much is absorbed uh, yeah. through the fields. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We noticed two things. Uh, so first of all, we, we found um, that players themselves were looking for other solutions. And in our opinion, those solutions are less than ideal. And uh, when we found Paul and Simon, it gave us the opportunity to actually take design in a completely opposite direction because the two senior advisors from the get-go for Aisha, before she even started drawing the shoe and the lines, etc., they were explaining to her how a foot works, how a knee works, how, yeah. uh, how running movement happens. It was like hours of just me on my <laughs> on WhatsApp video with my sketchbook And just drawing while they are explaining how hockey works, how the foot works, how the movements work. I was basically their drawing translator on paper. So you were drawing on the spot? Yeah. And then like, no, a little bit more rounded, a, bit, a little bit more... You're ahead of time, huh? Video yeah. just the norm now, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was ahead of time. Well, you're a designer. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a fun way to work? Because... It's... Yeah, it works really well. It's not like building a wall between you and your creativity. No. No, especially no, when it's I a so. when it's a functional product no, and, yeah. and it's built for performance. As Thomas said, it's like a, an ideal way, actually. It's kind of the reverse to, to designing the products where you're yeah. starting from the biomechanics of foot. Mm -hmm. um, and these are properties that... And then let the biomechanics be the aesthetics of the shoe. So also looking at all the other shoes on the market from any sport um, like how, how they are shaped why they would be shaped like that it's like a huge huge puzzle with all the pieces and then trying to put them together and merge them into each other of course you can't take every 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 idea you have if you have that whole puzzle after a few weeks and you put it together the first drawing will be ugly as it was <laughs> that was my first question uh, did you end up with something so nice i remember steven saying at one point yeah let's get back to the drawing board <laughs> and i was like i think yeah i think we're yeah. gonna we're gonna as part of our our openness and transparency we're gonna release some of the first sketches that uh yeah that i wish did the shoes it's pretty uh pretty impressive to see i'm happy you you have the same thought about this <laughs> <laughs> what is it what did it look like was, was it still a shoe or yeah, yeah, it was, a shoe. <laughs> was it still a shoe yeah, I don't it, know. Looked, it looked really uh, forced <laughs> basically the first drawings looked more like pieces of steel with screws on top <laughs> and not making sense When you're not a designer, you expect it to, you know, to be wow straight away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there is a process. Uh, yeah. It's never yeah. a straight line. Yeah. Huh? That would no. be amazing. Yeah, no, like if yeah. you take all these components, it's you like put them together, game. and then from the get-go, it's uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, but when you say it's quite ugly, so what? What did it look? Yeah, it just looked ugly. <laughs> but then it's also yeah. my job to tell Paul we have a lot of ideas. They're all great, but we have to select the best ones and the best that fit together. 
just finding that fine balance and yeah, putting that story together into a shape. Mm -hmm. There are a couple features that we knew from the start um, that were always going to stay important. Uh, Steven mentioned it before, like for us, the athlete is number one. If we can help the athletes perform better, that's the first thing we want to do. Uh, the second thing we knew was the less weight we add in the shoe, the better it will perform for an athlete. Another big one was uh, water retention. I'd like to say water control. Aisha actually checked yeah, a, a water pitch and many shoes that Our are sponges. on the market. Yeah, and it's sweat. amazing. Sweat as well. I, just, yeah, I never yeah. thought about sweat. When Paul came to watch one of the games, he had a, we had a big talk with Felix after, and he asked Felix about you know socks at halftime. You know, can we weigh them? That was one of the things uh, that they were doing, and and to change his socks at halftime. And I think there was a there was quite a significant difference in the weight that Felix was carrying, uh, just in the way in his socks. Of course, the socks are like big sponges, eh? mm -hmm. uh, taking up the water. But even the the shoes on their own, we we found uh, that at halftime, um, some of them weighed almost twice what they did before the game. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's, huge. That's, that's, that's like wearing. Four shoes instead <laughs> yeah, of two. Yeah, true. It's and, amazing. And one of the nice things is that what, what Paul and Simon continually talk about is to reduce the penalty um, that a shoe brings to an athlete. And of course, if you're carrying around double the weight, uh, and yeah. we talked before about the finest of margins, mm -hmm. that can make it, they're the sort of differences that we want to see. Mm -hmm. I never thought about a shoe as, as a penalty for someone. Yes, yeah. because a shoe, it's like a tool, like a screwdriver. It can do something for you that you couldn't, you couldn't do before with just your hands. So a shoe should work in the same way. Mm -hmm. So um, if you run barefoot on a hockey pitch, I think it would hurt and you would slide uh, mm -hmm. on your butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> But you are carrying around weight. But if you wear that shoe with the spikes, then you, you have more friction and control. But then you carry the weight. So is it then a tool or is it a challenge, like a hurdle? It's about doing that balancing act yeah. and minimizing the penalty while maximizing the benefits. And still looking cool because... And still, still looking, looking that, cool. That's important for, for Osaka hockey as well. Yeah. 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 How important was it for developing the shoe, the, the coolness of the shoe? Oh, really important. Uh, still. Yeah, yeah, that, that's important. But I have to say, the functionality was the one that was uh, was the most important, and the performance yeah. and the and the, the the way that the shoe looks. And uh, we're lucky enough to have a, a really good team that can uh, that have a lot of experience in making products look very well. We started from function. Yeah, every element on the shoe has a function. Okay, because otherwise it's, it's weight. There's nothing there for being beautiful mm -hmm. there's like no earrings and necklaces it's no. all functional okay so you guys worked with uh, with paul and simon did you also talk with players about what they would like yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's they are part of the team <laughs> yeah we had a players group that uh, that we put together um pretty early on um to get the feedback from uh, from them on what's important top, for them top players yeah some of the best players in the world and it's very important of course that they They're the people that know best. Eh? And, um, and when they get shoes on their feet, they're, they're actually hockey players are very educated on products. That's why a guy like Felix is trying out uh, trail shoes, new, new products, new ideas. They gave us a lot of feedback um, and a lot of very good feedback. The team have worked with, the, I think, from nearly from the beginning. Eh? Yeah, yeah. 
from the beginning um, I went to games to watch them play to ask questions they came over here to the headquarters we invited them every time we had a, a major decision and we are still doing that of course <laughs> cool so and everybody's still excited about the shoot oh uh, yeah yeah, so, no. The guys are the guys are the guys are super excited. We have to tame them a bit because you know uh, it's better than a Christmas present. Uh, okay, uh, there's there's a whole process involved in making a product and uh, testing samples and all that. So we have had to uh, to hold them back a bit. If they would like to have the shoe, of course, uh, tomorrow or yesterday. I think in the next weeks we'll be getting their first testing pairs, uh, so, that, so that we can get the ball rolling with them. I think today's uh, a sample coming in. Exciting. Yeah, so we will have to stop when it comes in. No, that's a joke. <laughs> uh, normally, that would be the last production yeah, we're, sample. We're, we've, we've gone through all the testing um, phases. We've yeah. taken in um, all the feedback um, from, from our testing uh, uh, days. And uh, now we have the final prototype coming for sign-off. Uh, we'll do one more testing uh, day with that. Yeah. Um, and then with the, I think, uh, next week, we have uh, who we didn't mention is actually a very important. Yeah, I was waiting uh, for a moment member, to, to member bring in him our up. team. So <laughs> when you're making a product, you have all these ideas and you have all these designs, and you need somebody to put it all together um, to that, make it. Yeah, and that's an essential cog um, in the in the process. And we needed also. Um, uh, a good partner, a good factory to be able to produce top-level shoe. And we were lucky enough to be introduced to a guy called John Prescott, who is ex-every-big-brand in footwear. He's worked for Nike, he's worked for Puma, Adidas. He, Adidas. He, he, he made shoes for Usain Bolt. And he's, uh, his father was also a shoe cobbler. So he calls himself a second-generation shoemaker. <laughs> okay. It's a family, uh, okay. a family business. So now here's a shoe dog. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a real shoe dog. That's a okay. real shoe dog. One of the best at that stage. The, the final piece of the puzzle was that when we met John and we heard him talk about personal stories about delivering shoes to Usain Bolt um, that they had made for his world record-breaking times. Um, yeah, that was pretty incredible to get. And he is um, he's based out in Asia, and he is one of our. Um, he's the one that we put in all Aisha's and Thomas's drawings and designs and. Uh, Simon's and Paul's uh, inspiration for functionality and the players he the, he's the one that yeah, puts it all together it yeah, yeah. Uh, just something that came up in my mind so do you guys also talk about shoelaces do you have meetings on shoelaces we had yeah. about 23 <laughs> in this development cycle yeah. on shoelaces uh, yeah. 23 23 Excel meetings database? only on no that's not true <laughs> uh, I think we uh, we did have it we, does come up it course. does come up shoelaces yeah. is a very important uh, part of the shoe yeah uh, something that maybe you wouldn't have think of, thought of before but we went into quite a bit of detail about the shoelaces yeah yeah no exactly I had a whole meeting about shoelaces in China at the factory uh -huh. so that's true cool. <laughs> yeah, the one I thing I hate about shoelaces is when they they, they, op they open up during no, the no. game. That's that's horrible. We we chose them so they don't open up. Okay. That's and they <laughs> don't hurt your feet when you um, lace them really tight. And okay. but actually, if if your if your shoelaces hurt you while, while you're playing, you, you you have a bad tongue on your shoe. Okay. It's too thin. Yeah, but the main problem on shoelaces is when they open up. Have you ever heard of a double knot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. But even then, they uh, yeah. they open that's up. weird because that's. If they even open up after a double knot, that's quite exceptional. That's a really bad lace. Then. That's a really bad lace. Okay. <laughs>
So um, these uh, shoe dogs, they have their own podcast as well. Um, can I talk with them? Yeah, I think um, for, for sure you can talk with them. I should note that uh, one, of the, one of the players who was on our Think Tank uh, group was Tom Abriels. And funny enough, Tom Abriels actually, because that's his field, was already signed up to the podcast of Simon Bartol, Bartol Clinic. Okay. Clinical. So he was pretty wowed huh? um, when he came in. Uh, when he came in to see him in the room. So um, but they have a very good podcast and um, I'm sure they'll enjoy to tell you in detail, a lot more detail than we can. Bartoldclinical.com um, Okay. <laughs> about the, uh, how, how the foot works. Okay, great. Uh, anything I should know about them before I uh, talk with them? They like to talk. That's great. Like That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you, you But they know what they're talking about. Yeah, and they use a lot of big words. Huh? Okay, Yeah, let's uh, let's conclude to this one, guys. It was fun talking with you. Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. absolutely. Yes, really okay. nice to look back on it and seeing how far we've come already. And of course, uh, thank you for listening today. The music on this podcast is called Focus and is composed by Thomas Greeson. And we'll keep you posted for our next episode that will be with uh, our shoe dogs. And I said, when we launch this shoe. There have to be lasers and smoke machines. <laughs> and I started doing a very intense beat, like... 